Radio Primavera Sound, powered by Seat. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adults try to understand the ever-changing world they live in by analyzing pop culture with the help of a bright young mind who knows her way around TikTok. This week, we begin talking about Call Me If You Get Lost, the new album slash mixtape by one Tyler, who they call the creator. Mar paid close attention to Britney Spears' conservative conservatorship case over the weekend and has something to add to that case. Ben Cardew will tell us about Salt's disappearing album and we continue to comb through Primavera Sound's lineup in search of the newer talents that will keep you talking for days after the festival has ended. Let's get into it. Rolls Royce pull up, black boy hop out, shout out to my mother and my father digging. Hold up! Oh my God, I've never seen it like this. That's what my mom was saying. She she was crying and shit. Was, she was just like, this shit is beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. You always you always keep the picnic. Oh my god! Tyler's new album. Last week he dropped his sixth album, Call Me If You Get Lost, which according to his Twitter feed is his most personal album. Every lyric is based on real life experiences. As is customary with any Tyler release, there's loads to nitpick. The album pays homage to mixtape culture of the 2000s, such as the dedication series by Lil Wayne hosted by DJ Drama. What a good way to pay homage to a significant niche chapter in the evolution of hip-hop by involving DJ Drama in the whole thing. I personally never warmed to the speaker DJ hollering over rap songs, but since this is a deliberate collaboration, he doesn't come in as intrusive as on some of his popular mixtapes. He's given space. Um, of this aspect, Ben, what did you think of this uh, this part of the album? The mixtapey bit of it? Yeah. Well, I, I really liked it. I think like there, there was... Um a few years ago, like Tyler tweeted that he was really looking forward to, to like having some more DJ drama mixtapes or something like that, or he was really missing them, and and so this is where I bring them back. One thing I I really like about mixtapes in general, um, I know this isn't really a mixtape, we kind of got that mixtape type vibe, is that um, a lot of artists kind of experiment a lot more in them, like they're not as worried, you know, like it's not like oh my god I've got to make an album, so like they can do um, some kind of quite different things, and this album like is all over the place and I mean that in a really really good way um, because um, I mean like most of the songs are two minutes long and they've got about three different musical styles in them and just so I was thinking oh it's all an album of short songs he hits it with like you know one that's like eight, uh, nine minutes uh, 48 long which goes reggae in the middle and I, I'm not sure like I mean obviously he's always been a very creative artist but I, it just feels like the format fits him really really well because he's got such an enormous personality, Tyler, he's interesting just when he starts improvising into his dictaphone, right? So this is why a lot of the interludes or, or skits or when it's just him talking into the microphone and not actually singing lyrics, it's just as interesting because his personality is really infectious. It's really addictive. It's what we love about him if you're a Tyler fan. This is also his European Sojourn album. I mean, not since derogatory N-word used to describe men of African descent in Paris has there been such a Europhile hip-hop album from a North American artist who raps. And not many other hip-hop artists sourcing from Baudelaire either. Uh, from, For instance, on the song Corso, he sings, I might buy a boat. 
yeah. Depends if Capri got space, don't really need one. According to genius user Disaster, in summer, Capri's dramatic coast-studded coastline draws many yachts. And my absolute favorite line in the album, remember I was so I was rich, so I bought me some new emotions and a new boat because I'd rather cry in the ocean. Ah. I mean, last week we were talking about how Migos' album Culture 3 is, uh, celebrates mm, being rich. This is another hip-hop album that is definitely up there with, mm, you know, making the celebration of riches and enjoying luxury uh, a thing, uh, an artistic statement. It's it, Tyler has a lot of fun with it. It's obviously a lot of fun to have a, that kind of money in the bank account and own two Rolls Royces like he sings on one of the other songs and being able to buy his family their own houses with tennis courts. It's, it's, it's like a very personal diary entry, the whole album or entry. It's a whole diary. And it recounts a lot of what's been happening to Tyler since the release of Igor. What has happened since that album is that Tyler no longer was this niche brat hip-hop artist. He's become this global superstar who's endorsing luxury brands. Remember that very incredible um, advert thing he did with Gucci, with ASAP Rocky and Iggy Pop, who is also playing Primera Sound next year. Wouldn't it be cool if they get to hang out together, uh, if they coincide and date? Um, so it, it it's... It's fun to watch this, the rise of this star and how he's just sort of being so casually talking about all the kind of riches and stuff. Uh, he, he's also been accepted into the mainstream. He's, you know, he gets invited to the Roland Garros, the prestigious Roland Garros Tennis Open. Uh, he gets invited to all these fashion shows. He picks up Grammy Awards, etc., etc. So Tyler is, is, is the highest he's ever been. But what's interesting about this album is he doesn't have everything he wants. Because he is in love with someone he sh- oh my he's God. not allowed to be in love with. The absolute drama of this song. When I was listening to the song, I was thinking, Johan is going to love this, basically. This is like one of the really uh, long tracks. There's two really long tracks on the album. The second one's called Wilshire. Um, and it's basically, uh, as I said, a lot of the album tracks kind of like move around musically, but this one doesn't that much. It kind of keeps very much where it is, and he just, like, it's kind of quite LA, sounds a bit sort of Roy, Roy Ayers, basically. And he just goes on this massive... Uh, storytelling spree which he does so well apparently it was all done in one take on some sort of crappy microphone he just got really inspired um, and which I think is unbelievable actually because the lyrics are really really good and what is the storytelling about Johanna you're, you're bursting to tell us this is proper fofoca as they say in Portugal gossipy he fell he's he's in he's been in love with this girl who is dating a friend of his. So he goes into very explicit detail about how they never sort of mm, consummated their love and, you know, out of respect to his friend and her boyfriend. But as far as that goes, if I was that guy, I'd be pretty paranoid. You know, if I'm one of Tyler's friends who has a girlfriend, I'd be like, damn, is he talking about me? You know, my girlfriend seems to be very friendly with Tyler. You know, anyone who's in that situation must be wondering, is it me? Am I the one who's being cuckolded uh, or made a cuckold out of? It's it's a lot of fun as well. And it's, you know, whereas many of us may not be able to relate to the fantasy of owning Rolls Royces and spending summer holidays on a Swiss lake drinking the, the, the finest water there is. <laughs> <laughs> we can all relate to being in love with someone that we can't 
be with because they're dating a friend or whatever. No, out of respect. So that's that's the juiciest part of of this whole story. Um, well, also it's interesting because, as you say, it's like it, again, it's quite. Um, vulnerable in a way you know it's not like oh, i can have everything i want because i'm tired of the creator like he doesn't play it down you know like he talks about uh, uh, about the speedboats and various things like that but on this record it's just like oh okay i don't have everything i want you know like i and that's a very kind of brave thing to put on a record i mean can you imagine like putting putting this song out you just know you're going to be in an absolute world of 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 trouble basically and also i love the way in this song he just references like his bisexuality in which he basically oh says, yeah you know oh men or women doesn't matter you know and you're like again that's still i mean a really strong thing to say in a hip-hop song and particularly it's like a kind of throwaway line like it's seven minutes into, into this eight minute song especially um, when so much was made of the ambiguity when he released Fra uh, Flower Boy, there, there were so many articles and, and because he'd faced previous backlash when he was accused of uh, his homophobic slurs in his music, etc., etc., all of a sudden the fact that he can just sort of drop that in a line and no one's really making a fuss out of it anymore because it's like, okay, yes, uh, who cares? Tyler goes both ways. He's bisexual or whatever. Who cares about his sexuality? And it's like, hang on a minute. Everyone seemed to care a lot uh, a few years ago. All of a sudden, now we, we don't care. That's a that's kind of nice. It's like, okay, cool. We're beyond that. Again, another thing I love about this this song is maybe this was just me, but like I, I think the way... I don't know if it's deliberate, but the, the way in which it unfolds is you don't know, like, if he's talking about a man or a woman until fairly far on into the into the first verse when he talks about um, uh, he he makes some sort of I, I can't remember right the, the most some, some reference, but basically it's like oh could be a boy could be a girl, and eventually like okay no no it's it's a gun what he's talking about, and I love that yeah that ambiguity. The reason I thought it was it was a girl from the first moment was because of the visuals, uh, which are amazing. All of the visuals are directed by him using his uh, one of his aliases, and it's the fact that he uses this actress who I'm, I'm, I adore right now, uh, who I first saw uh, in a Amazon Prime series, The Wilds. Her name is. I have it really. Helena Howard. Helena Howard, damn it. Helena Howard, here it is. Uh, you know, she, who also stars, co-stars in uh, upcoming film Shoplifters of the World, which is about Smith's fans taking over a radio based on an actual event. Um, she's, she's having an incredible moment. Well, she is, she plays the girl that he is singing about in these in in all throughout the album, no, or, or alluding to, especially on uh, the eight-minute song. And uh, no, go on, please. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, and uh, the boy who pays the boyfriend is uh, the one of the members from Odd Future, whose name I haven't written down in my notes. Damn it, I don't know my Odd Future members anymore. Anyway, whatever. See, uh, that's why I thought it was she was talking about a girl because it's a girl who's in the video. All the videos are amazing. All of the videos are, as I say, are directed by him. They've got this incredible aesthetic, you know, very grainy. It looks a little bit retro-y. There's been a lot of... He's been compared to Wes Anderson, not only because of the visuals, but the the fact that he's using all these kind of vintage suit, luxury suitcases like most of the characters in Wes Anderson movies seem to be lugging around from the Darjeeling, Darjeeling Limited to well, all of them, Grand Hotel Budapest. There's always these kind of Louis tony looking suitcases and uh, the imagery the lakes the the traveling on the train well you see this for me is an album of travel 
right? There's absolutely loads of it. It's like if you look, at the cover is this sort of um, fake sort of card, um, which is basically a license of travel, um, permanent license of travel, which he's, he's put in the new name, Tyler Baudelaire. So you've got the travel there right from the start. He talks at one point about how like basically traveling and getting away um, was one of the best things it ever did, and it kind of expanded his mind. And I see this as almost like it's many things, but it, as I say, it's like his travel album where you see how going to a different environment can do lot can be very different can mean you do lots of of different things and that Wes Anderson ties into that very nicely which is a little bit unfair because because of the year that we've had with the pandemic and everything travel is one of the only things that even the richest people aren't allowed to do as freely as before because of all the restrictions and all the things you have to go through the self quarantining and all, all this kind of stuff and and obviously not contributing to spreading the virus in other countries no so it's like oh damn it Tyler there you are again you know you always find a way of 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 uh, putting your finger up at the sit at the mainstream or the system it's like now that most of y'all can't travel i'm going to release my travel album do you know so- what i took it entirely another way i took it as a sort of album that was quite nostalgic for travel that because yeah we can't travel and i'm guessing he can't particularly travel either it was like looking back on that golden age where you could go off to europe and you could spend that time that's how it made me feel it was like oh god yeah wouldn't it be nice to go to italy or whatever yeah. you know capri <laughs> switzerland i mean what what is it with switzerland all of a sudden it's the least Expected destination, I'd imagine Tyler wanting to spend time in. I imagine there must be beautiful, gorgeous... Maybe he likes cows. Cows and lakes and that heroin. Alpine. I'm sure he doesn't like heroin. What, is heroin legal? In I think it. I think medically? Like it's, I think it's decriminalised, but only if you're actually Swiss. I but, might be wrong on this. Apologies if... Uh, but, you know, because Switzerland strike... I've never been found the desire to travel to Switzerland as a tourist. First of all, it's super expensive. <laughs> like, coffee there is something like seven euros or something like that. You know, it's one of those countries that is like, whatever. You know, I'd rather go to Asia where, you know, for a tight budget, you can live like a king. <laughs> but, but funny enough, I thought the same thing when I learned that Lee Scratch Perry lives in Switzerland from, from, since many years ago. I think his uh, wife is Swiss. That's one reason, obviously, love, but also maybe health reasons as well you know Lee Scratch Perry isn't exactly a spring chicken so I think uh, health wise uh, there's a lot of very good facilities for people who may have or may not whatever if you have a special condition or whatever but then apart from that it's like why would a Jamaican person live in Switzerland I don't know it's uh, or why would Tyler dream about Switzerland so much you know I'd like to know I'd like to have more references like what is it about Swiss luxury or Swiss camping or Swiss vacationing that's so cool all of a sudden or Tyler's going to make cool I, I don't want to be rude but what about Swiss bank accounts yeah anyway yeah what, what did you make to the production on this album because I really liked it I mean you know me I'm a man of, of, of the 90s and this was boom bap 90s all over the place um, I mean the references are just like I mean something like Lumberjack which we just listened to it's just like this is like a Wu Tang beat, and it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. Um, and in a few places, I heard that, and it's kind of it surprises me because, like Tyler, we were saying this earlier, like Tyler's really popular with kind of young people, right? But he doesn't make like the kind of okay, this is a big cliche. He doesn't make the kind of like rap you'd expect young people to like. He kind of like mm. it almost feels like it's more 
you might expect it more of like people of our age, you know, people who are like, oh yeah, yeah, that's Wu Tang, that, that's like Grave Diggers, that, that's yeah. that kind of thing. So I absolutely love that. And like Rise, which I think is, um, was that Jamie XX? Yeah. Damn, that's got a great beat on it as well. That's got a great beat. It's got that. You, you, I, if I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have said, oh yeah, that's Jamie XX. But now that since I knew it was him, it's like, oh yeah, there's a little flourish here. There's a little kind of organy thing that sounds like it's been rescued from some record. I don't know. It's like, oh yes, that's Jamie XX all over it. <laughs> but what surprised me about Rise is how petty or how? <laughs> why is he punching down? Apparently, the song takes a stab at. Uh, from something that I've read on Genius, it could be he, that he's talking about ASAP Nast, uh, who is also a rapper who has become a, a, a fixture on the Paris fashion scene. You know, he gets invited to all these. He's very well. He's very dapper. He's a very stylish guy. But musically, I don't think he does anything that's that special. So it's like, why would Tyler bother punching down at a guy who's clearly inferior to him, artistically speaking, and and also. Yeah, in terms of record sales and everything, I don't know. ASAP Nast is 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 not even a glitch on the on the hip hop scene. You know, he's he's more prominent in the fashion scene because he's, as I say, he's incredibly stylish, incredibly good looking. Apparently, the two have been compared, and Tyler kind of alluded to him. It's like, yeah, that song's about some guy who also loves um, the kind of fr- cardigans that old French men wear, <laughs> and that's yeah. A lot of people kind of thought, yeah, that's that's ASAP Nast. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. I, I, well, I think, like, for me, he can kind of do it because there's so much on this album. There's so many different things that that actually didn't stand out to me at all. It was only when you, when you mentioned it that it kind of got through. It's just like, because there's so much to, there's so much personality to Tyler and there's so much personality to this album that, like, um, I don't think it, it, it kind of comes across as bad or anything or no. petty it's just like all right here's another here's another thing here's nothing that's on my mind right now you know? yeah as a yeah as as you would write in your diary i just be looking at asap nast and he does have some pretty pretty special looks oh i've in, copied in, one of his looks I've which got, one which one there's one where he's wearing there's on his instagram feed he's wearing these kind of um gray lightly checkered dress trousers with this gorgeous green shirt and this incredible Klein blue cardigan. It's this blue that is just you can look at for hours, and the swag in that photo. The the just it's such a nice elegant combination, especially for someone who's forty two, where you you want to keep dressing a little bit young, but you also want to embrace a style that is more fitting to your age. So it's a way of looking elegant, adult, but at the same time having that swag that the young people like Tyler or ASAP Nast have. Have you ever put your hair on curlers? Nope, uh, you should, I'm not you should to. definitely, definitely. Look, have you seen that? That look, look, he's got his hair in curlers. He's a, I like Okay, him. the curlers. I think I've got to tone it down with the. Oh my god, he's done. He's done a. He's done a kilt as well. Really? Yes, he's, he's. 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 You see, ah, kilts. Yes. If you're a hip-hop artist from Atlanta or wherever, if you're a hip-hop artist and you're not from Scotland, are you allowed to wear a kilt without being accused of cultural appropriation? Of course, man. Everyone can wear a kilt. We mm. love people wearing wearing kilts. No, no. Axl Rose didn't fare well when he wore the kilt back in his his prime of Use Your Illusion tour. No. I Everyone think, would make fun of him. I think most Scottish people quite liked it. I think most Scottish people quite like it when people wear Well, because, uh, you know, Axel Rose, he, I always thought he was awesome and he was, like, voted the worst-dressed rock star back in the day and I was like, no, I like how Axel dresses. I, I actually copied him. Didn't I wore Kenya a towel. Wear, hmm? Didn't Kenya wear a kilt at some point? Like a leather yes, kilt? On, on the on the, on the the What's the Throne tour, he famously wore a leather kilt 
well, it was more like a skirt that opened up like a kilt. I don't think it was wrap around. Uh, but yeah, but Kanye could get away with everything back then. Even though some people tried to laugh, it's like, oh, he's wearing a skirt now and stuff. It's like, look, dude, he just <laughs> watched the throne is untouchable. The tour with Jay Z was untouchable. He could wear whatever he wanted. Um, Should we play a bit of music? Uh, yeah, I want to play a, right. a, a little bit of this second song. Uh, I just added to the playlist uh, briefly. David, drop. Ladies and gentlemen. That's in Switzerland. We on the yacht. A young lady just fed me French vanilla ice. Okay, so this is Hot Wind Blows, right? This is the song that features Lil Wayne, okay? And this is amazing because obviously Tyler was a huge Lil Wayne fan when he was younger. And to have him guest on his album must feel like an honor. I mean, I don't He's probably at ease now. He he's got Pharrell on. He's had for, he's got Pharrell on this album. He had him on Igor. He's had him many times. And and even though it's his it was his maximum one of his biggest idols. I imagine he's very comfortable among Pharrell Williams now. He doesn't just look at up to him as an idol. It's also a colleague now. Well, the same happens with Lil Wayne. I wasn't. I never appreciated Lil Wayne's grandeur uh, when he was super big with the Carter Three and everything. I wasn't really into into that whole vibe, but man, uh, when you hear the bars that he has on this song, and the song is very short, it isn't even that long, but in just over a minute, he delivers a whole set of bars that I wasn't even able to keep up with, simultaneously reading the lyrics on Genius. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had to stop and start and repeat again. For Tyler, the fan, to have one of his idols guest on this album and deliver such a certified rap, it must have felt like breaking through another one of those glass ceilings he keeps breaking through. Splendid form, Lil Wayne. Listen to a little bit, listen to it. I mean, it, it, you know, when you just play close attention and the way they, they bring it down, they cut the beat off and ah, the, the magic of, of, of rap. That was that was that was solid gold, um, but yeah, the, I could I could. There, there's so much we can say about this album. Oh yeah, there's a, there's another thing. You were saying the the you know many songs cont contain different parts in one. It feels like you're scrolling through social media. You know how you'll go from a post that's super happy and all of a sudden you'll, go, you'll, you'll keep scrolling and then there'll be a, a, a post that's got nothing to do with it. Or, I don't know. It's just that kind of experience. Well, that's what it feels like listening to this album on some parts. And, you know, some songs more for abruptly go from a hard sound to a breezy bossa nova within the same song, like Lemonhead, which features 42 Doug and an uncredited Frank Ocean. <sighs> Why is he uncredited? Why do artists do that? Contracts? Maybe. I, so I always wonder when when artists are close friends like ASAP Rocky and Tyler or Frank Ocean and Tyler, there's obviously that business side of things. It's like, hang on a minute, you know, there's there's agents and reps and stuff, and it's like, let's do this. But when it's a friendly, th when, when when does business stop and when it's well, I guess when you're in the studio and there's a re record button, that, that's business, no? 
Uh, yeah, but it probably business sort of starts when you start getting really big and you start having your own lawyer and so do all of your guests and they have their own record company, you know. Yeah, but it must be such a weird thing when, like it's you and I, you know, we're friends and colleagues and imagine that it's like, oh, hang on, we're going to record the weekly review. Now's my time to speak. Hang on, lawyer. Count how many... <laughs> I don't know how they quantify or these features. if we were coming back later and it was like, okay, and you were like, well, I think I wrote like 70% of that episode. I'd be like, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I was on at least like, you know, 50. And you're like, oh, all right, okay, we'll do like 65, 35. But like, come on, man, imagine that. How weird that would be, like coming back to something after you've already done it. Yeah. Trying to work out who was responsible for each bit. <laughs> I mean, well, the, that, I haven't read up on it. I haven't seen enough articles about how do artists split these royalties or these credits? How do they compensate each other when it's just a, a small... Well, there's a saying, I can't remember what it is, which basically says, like, if they're in the room, give them 2%. Like, oh. Because if they could then later say, look, I was in that room, I contributed. So if they're there, give them 2%. Hmm. Well, yeah. You're, you know, we've been talking about Daft Punk, by the way, listen to the next episode of Line Noise, where we interview, I interview Ben about the book he's written. You're a published author. You're, 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 you will be a published author by the time the book comes out, end of August. Yes. And uh, this, Tyler's creative process reminds me a lot of Daft Punk's creative processes. And, a lot, and one of the things you were talking about in your book is how Daft Punk would, uh, when they'd start a collaboration they'd fly people out into Paris in style you know booking limousines for Rome Anthony flying him in business class you know with style apart from obviously giving him his deserved royalties apparently Rome Anthony made plenty so much money off his uh, one more time royalties that that kind of made him not release as much of his own music. No? Yeah, he just sort of thought, oh, right, great. I've got <laughs> a million dollars coming in. I don't need to work. I'm going to have a break. Oh, God. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I want to feature on a Daft Punk hit, damn it. And <laughs> You'll have to make lots of very good underground house records and go back in time. But I, I would back you, definitely. Yeah, and and, and, and and it must be great to feature on any of Tyler's music because that also means royalties. Anyway, that's another interesting thing to pursue. What exactly do artists make from featuring on songs and stuff? How do they work those things out? Anyway, let's uh, listen to a bit more of Tyler, the creator, and move on to the next interesting, mysterious subject. The sun beaming. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Ayo. DJ the fuck. It's T-Baby. I don't think you're ready. Okay, you ready? Bunny hop. I'm glad you found your way here. Yeah. Cookie crumbs in the rolls, jet fuel in a vest, swim trunks in a trunk, Geneva water the best. Geneva water is indeed the best, is it? I quite like Vichy Catalan. Uh, Scottish water. If you live up in like the highlands of, of Scotland, you get really nice water through the tap. We used to, we didn't live in the highlands, but you used to get really nice water, like extra nice water. And then we moved to England, and the water was like terrible. So basically, tap water from anywhere that is be at the foot of snowy mountains must be good. There's the Himalayan waters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, if if someone's selling water that comes from near roundabout near where you live, yeah. then chances are what you actually get through the tap is going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Better than that overpriced Swiss fancy bottled water. Anyway, um, I do love Vichy Catalan though. Oh yeah. Do you know what I, I discovered the other day? You remember that that famous scene in uh, in Bed with Madonna where she simulates. Uh, Oral sex with the bottle. Oh, Vichy Catalan? No way! Yes, no yes way. way! Yes, yeah. Oh my God! They're, they're, what? This is blowing my mind. Okay, I wonder if they sent her a a, a case. No, apparently it was backstage at her Barcelona gig. So like there there was um, 
I guess there was just fishy cattle and hanging around. And uh, wow, they should rescue that for a, a campaign. Anyway, yeah, no, it's like well, they don't make much of that, do they? What, what like, as in make much of? Well, no, like as in if I was head of marketing fishy cattle, I'm like yeah, putting, you know, that'd be pretty big in my marketing material but they what? tend to be more big on like sailors drinking it and stuff like that yeah well they've got their own spa which you've been to <laughs> three times it's three lovely. times yeah wow. no, no pictures of madonna there it's all like you know heads of industry and, and people like that they don't yeah they don't really care that's that they know their product is so good they don't even need madonna's endorsement or anything it's like look we're vici catalan you know we sell all over the world even zac efron Tasted it in a in a fancy water tasting on his on his Netflix show, and it's like, oh, Vichy Catalan, right up there with the Geneva bottled water. If he'd hang, had a hangover, he would have definitely chosen it because it's the best thing in the world for a hangover. Well, it's because it's because it's got a bit of salt. Yeah, it's yeah, got, it's yeah. got salty minerals. Speaking of salt, <laughs> oh, oh my god. What has Ben brought to us today? Ever since music is streamed, a new range of possibilities have opened up for artists who always feel the need to tweak their work even when they've released it because they constantly pursue a perfection that can never be fulfilled, really. Kanye did it on Tidal, adding touches or subtracting or modifying songs from the life of Pablo. But now we have another salty matter to discuss. Oh, Jesus. Ben. Are you are you a fan of Salt, the band? <laughs> I'd never heard of them until today. Really? Salt, as in S A U L T. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I presume it's pronounced Salt, um, but like, there's a bit of debate online about how it's actually pronounced. But I mean, I reckon it's got to got to be Salt because they're, they're right. They're quite they're quite sort of mysterious. There, they're British like uh, collective that makes sort of R and B, house, disco, funk, um, that kind of thing. Um, they released the first two albums, which are called Five and Seven, two thousand nineteen, and they really blew up last year um, when they released two albums. One was called Untitled Black Ears, and the second one was called Untitled Rise. You would really like them. You should really, really have a listen. It's it's sort of a bit. Um, it makes me think a little bit of D'Angelo ah. if he was British. Maybe is that maybe that's a slightly okay. trite comparison, but. Um, they're they're really really good and anyway so they they announced like all right they're quite mysterious they they no one exactly knows who's in them i mean you sort of basically do like if you if you look online you can find out but it's not like you know there's a website that says swords are made up of blah, 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 blah. Um, and they do things a little bit differently you know like releasing two albums two untitled albums in the same year and you know they don't do interviews or that that kind of thing anyway they they sort of released they suddenly announced right we've got a new album coming it's called nine and it will only exist for 99 days so you can buy it for 99 days Days. Um, you can download it for 99 days. You can listen to it streaming for 99 days. And at the end of 99 days, it's gone. Wait, but if I would have downloaded it in those 99 days, it would exist. It would still exist in my library, right? Yeah, I mean, like, oh, it's not no, like it would automatically disappear from my hard drive I, unless they have um, done some mad technological advance, which means they can actually do that. Wow! I, I, can you make files? No, because once you've downloaded no. them, they're you know, you can and particularly if you the stick them in a hard drive, yeah. you know, it's like how how are they going to do? It? I wonder Whoa. if there is a way to do it. If they could, if it would auto destruct, if it could auto destruct, like the messages in Inspector Gadget or Mission Impossible, or apparently when Bono calls you, right, <laughs> like <laughs> the number disappears from your phone. 
because <laughs> Bono's yeah. never called me, obviously, but that's that's what I heard. But of course, they did an inverse Bono. Well, no, not really. <laughs> what? No, well, when remember when he put in the fo- the 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 U two that U two album oh, into yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah, Apple yeah. Music. Well, that disappeared after nine nine days because everyone worked out how to get rid of it, <laughs> didn't it? But yeah. <laughs> Um, so and and so they've done this do you think is it it's just a publicity stunt well i don't know right because the thing is like they are so you'd say yes but they are so unpublicity stunt you know what i mean they're so not a band that does things for like you know the benefit of publicity i've got a theory okay Uh which is a lot of the um songs on nine are to do with like memory of 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 their youth like in based in this instagram post after their released album the next one their next instagram post and you know that's basically where they where they they speak for people um they they talked about like their backgrounds or council estates um uh, and you know where proud parents sought safer environments to to raise their families and that was like the very next post after that and that's the album right and so if you a lot of the albums about this kind of um, memory, like there's there's a song called Mike's Story, um, which is like this spoken word telling, in which, in which I presume it's Michael Ofo is, is relating the story of finding about, about his father's murder. There's things like looking back to ha- like people, um, events of their childhood, like how people join gangs. There's also, you know, it's not all that heavy, but it's, it's quite mm. a heavy album. My, so my theory is that basically memory is really important on this album. So what they're trying to do in a way is make it like a memory if mm. you see what I mean because if you like take it off streaming I mean obviously people still have the vinyl and the downloads but it will sort of be like it's an album that talks about memory and then it will live on in the memory right. that's my theory I mean they've, they've never confirmed it but um, of course they haven't confirmed it it might be utter nonsense but that's that's my idea I just think it's a really sort of interesting idea what do you, what do you make to it? Well, it, it, I keep thinking of Daft Punk. <laughs> Everything leads back to Daft Punk. <laughs> you like, tried writing a book on them, bloody hell. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the random access memories and uh, and the fact that they're so mysterious and they don't want to show themselves in, 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 in public. I think it's a very interesting ploy because it also, if you give people 99 days, that makes that makes the become a priority. Well, you know, it, it, music lovers, which we're trying to deal with so much access to music on streaming platforms it's like okay you make your playlist so i'll go back to that album i'll listen to this it's like oh damn it this album is only going to be on for 99 days i need to pay attention to it within this time right so it's a good way of m- making them stand out among all the millions of releases that are that people have m- access to yeah. fabulous thing is as well like you can just download for free from their website as well so it's almost like um here have it you know um, but you know, in streaming, you won't be able to. It's not. It's yeah. It's it's a sort of strange, like double pronged approach in that anyone can have it. You can just go to their website, download it for free. I mean, it doesn't even offer you the option to pay. It's just like all right, download it. Download it. Yeah, but that's that's the greatest luxury, I guess. Time, right? Time runs out, or or having some some things a cultural product's place in time. How do you distinguish yourself from everyone else? Well, yeah, it's it's uh, put it out for a limited amount. It's I don't know that that that's that's kind of the thing that motivates people the most. It's like uh, you know buy your tickets to Primavera yeah, yeah. before they yeah, sell yeah, out. Yeah. Buy your you know the, the, the time is an issue. Well, it's almost like digital scarcity, isn't it? It's almost like what people are doing with NFTs. You know, it's like some way of creating scarcity in the digital world where anyone just just sort of copy the file. Maybe that's what it's, they're doing. Uh, I'm glad they did this rather than launching NFT. Yeah, I'm a bit sick of NFTs. Yeah, yeah, everyone's doing NFTs. <laughs> Should we listen to a little bit of so like, uh, this is. Um, I mean, there's loads of really good songs in the album. This is a bit of light relief. Uh, it features Little Sims, uh, and it's called You From London. 
Let's play him. Oh, you're from London? I was wondering why you'd pronounced it that way. <laughs> you from London? You from London? <laughs> okay. Um, I feel really bad. We've we've had Mar on Zoom call all this time, and we haven't let her put a word in. Mar, are you on the other side of this line? I am. I didn't know if I was allowed to talk or not. Of course you are. I'm so sorry. I just didn't. I I'm terrible. When uh, uh, sorry, Mar. Did you have anything you wanted to share about your yes. perception on Tyler the Creator? Of course I did, and I feel like I'm being punished not only with the possibility of having COVID, but also not being able to speak about Tyler. And I will only say one thing, and obviously it's related to the gossipy part that you talked about on Wilshire. And I have a a theory that the woman possibly is none other than... Miss Rihanna, Fenty, whatever. No, come on, yes, come on. Yes, and I have proof. No. Because oh my God. Obviously, ASAP, uh, ASAP Rocky, not ASAP Nast, um, and Tyler are super friends. Yeah. And, and Tyler always kind of jokes that ASAP is so handsome and stuff, and, and knowing he's bisexual and stuff, it makes um, ASAP kind of awkward. And, and it could make sense that he's also kind of jealous of his new girlfriend, that's Rihanna, and in a lyric he says, oh, I have this cool handshake with um, my friend, ASAP, and, and there's clips of them having a cool handshake, so we know that. But I would rather have the girl's hand or something like that. And and the girl is Rihanna, and who is not in love with Rihanna, we are all in love with her, so it makes sense he wants to date Rihanna as well. And the final proof is Rihanna recently bought a house in Wilshire, which is a part <gasps> in Beverly Hills. Oh, so my God. Face made. <laughs> You've blown my mind. Thing is, he does talk about, he does rap about t- uh, paying for a hotel room and, and kind of being a little bit angry. Not angry, but the fact that he spent all this money on a hotel room and stuff uh, to spend a vacation when they couldn't really do anything because she had to go back to her boyfriend. I, I don't think Rihanna that, that would allow anyone pay for her hotel room. She can she can afford to buy the hotel. No? I don't well, think that rules we'll around. Tyler, but I think my... I With the Wilshire thing, I, mm. I think I, the odds are in my favour. I just looked up Rihanna and Tyler, the creator, and there is a bit of... Bit, bit of history. Apparently, she curved Tyler the Creator's kiss at the British Fashion Awards in December 2019. I don't, I, I don't think they fit. I don't think Rihanna likes. T- oh no, that's a problem. Whereas that's, that's Tyler's problem. <laughs> yeah, but the way he raps about the this love interest is that it's mutual. That they have this chemic, this chemistry, and this bond that is that is even beyond love. That it's like wow, they, that they kind of finish each other's phrases. I don't. I can't imagine. I don't I don't I don't see that happening between Tyler and Rihanna. It's a beautiful thought, it's a good shipping, but whereas ASAP, who's very macho, like I think Rihanna likes those really, really macho black guys. And Tyler is not exactly the, not because he's uh, you know, he's bi bi or bisexual or, or alludes to it. I I think Ty- Tyler has such a strong ego 
that I don't think Rihanna finds those kind of men attractive, men with those kind of egos. Whereas ASAP does have an ego as well. He's an artist, obviously. Artists have egos. Um, I... No, but like, okay, maybe that puts find more evidence that I think I'm right. I know. I know. I was hoping you'd. Ha I was, uh, but I did not expect this. I was thinking, could it be? Well, Mo, I had this. I had this theory that um, the the person he was was talking about was actually the person who's in the uh, video to the song. Who we were talking oh no! About. That then no! Oh my God! This is too easy. You have to no, go no, 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 no. Cannot be the girl in the music video. No, no, no. But because everyone would think, no, of course he's you wouldn't do that, and it'd be like hiding in plain sight, wouldn't it? And he'd be like. Oh, and and then in like in an interview in a few years' time, like when someone asked him yeah. about it, he'd just be like, "Oh, didn't you realise she was in the video?" And that would be amazing. That would be so clever now that you say it like this, but yeah. I don't think it's the case. Plus, uh, from I, I kind of look at her Instagram, Helena Howard's Instagram. You know, I check up and stuff, and I, I'm not stalking <laughs> <laughs> this man looking at this young girl's Instagram. Um, but I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's her. Um, why? Why do I say this? Uh, her social circles, the way she posts and stuff, I don't think she's in his universe. I think she's just a, an actress that he really likes and represents this imaginarium of, uh, of, of, of who he's talking about in the song. Hmm, but now, now I'm interested. I'm, I'm going to try and look into the Rihanna you have thing. To come, out with, come up with your own theory because all of us have a, diff a different one and one must be the two. So you have but, to but but his love, as you say, I think his love of ASAP, which is, is it goes beyond bromance. I think there's a special bond between those two. I don't think he would ever cross, like risk his friendship with ASAP. You know, whereas he does sing on Wilshire that he is willing to risk this friendship over her because she's worth it. Uh, he'd rather hold her hand, then have his secret handshake. Oh, yeah, but there's that secret handshake reference. You're blowing my mind now. What is... No, <laughs> I'm no, telling no. you, there's video. You know what? Having, uh, he must have handshakes with plenty of people, but who has a residency in, in Wiltshire and also a boyfriend that had a secret handshake with Tyler? That That's only ASAP and Rihanna, but... Okay, we'll see with time. Maybe Tyler comes up and, and says, who is it? But I, funny enough, Mar, I actually wanted to ask you of your opinion. What do you think, because I'm, and, 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 and you don't have to answer now. Maybe you can reserve your a long answer for next week. What do you think of this trope, bros before, before hoes, sisters before misters? <laughs> He does actually <laughs> sing it, no? Bros before hoes on, on one of the songs, no? And and I thought it's such a such a toxic masculine kind of thing. It's like, oh what? You a masculine friendship is way more important than a love the the than the love between a man and a woman. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you put uh, yeah, that in your fridge and let okay. it fester and let it let it become something for next if week. If she puts it in her fridge, it won't fester, it'll be nicely cooled. It'll be chilled. So she should put it on her radiator. What do you like? Do you like? Do you like fancy Swiss water? Um, I don't know. I I think I could drink tap water my whole life, and I wouldn't be bothered. Really, Barcelona tap water is one of the worst tap waters ever. <laughs> it is. 
It's like it, it's undrinkable. It's, it's no, it's all right. It's horrible. It's to, whereas if you drink water in Tarragona or in Girona or anywhere any other the other parts of Catalonia, it's all right. But for some reason, Barcelona tap water is hideous, and I think it's because. Mm, the Aguas de Barcelona they don't want people you know they want people to pay for water rather than drink it freely from their taps I don't know it didn't work on me so (laughs) anyway how about we get to what we were you were more important than Barcelona tap water (laughs) Britney Spears you've been paying close attention because over the weekend we've all heard Mm -hmm. her disposition her her deposition finally she has spoken up Mar I'm sure you have a lot to you, uh, yes. to analyze in her deposition. Um, and I know we have spoken of her and, and the Free Britney movement a handful of times already in, in this podcast, but I think it is important we talk about it today once again, because uh, what she said, like, this is the first time she publicly spoke about her conservatorship mm-hmm. on, on court, and, and we have heard her for, for the first time. And, and there is so much to unpack in this 24-minute long declaration, and which has put light to which extent that not even the craziest fan theories could even imagine her father, Jamie Spears, has control over her, mm. from who she dates, um, to being forced to perform while ill, to being forced to um, take lithium, which is a very extreme high-risk medical drug, mm. to the color of her kitchen cabinet. So, I, I mean, the, the, she is um, totally controlled over by her father. Yeah. And as someone said on Twitter and, and made a, a good uh, statement of what this, act- this situation is, um, all the stri- this woman said on Twitter, all the streak in the playbook of the patriarchy Declare a woman mad and gain control over her assets or property. It's been happening for centuries. And and this is literally what is happening with um, Britney. But the, like I said, we could talk about each sentence she said during this 24-minute um, declaration. Mm. But there's one thing that everything was outrageous. But there's one thing that stuck out um, the most for me and, and for everybody else. Um, which is when she explained she's forced to to have an IUD in her body despite her wishes to become a mother again. Yeah. And this testimony, this uh, specific part of, of her declaration, speaks to uh, huge issues, not only um, disability rights, also um, reproductive rights, mm-hmm. and which has triggered a very important debate on eugenics and, eugenics and, and ableism, which already were kind of part, ableism at least was part of the debate, but now it's intertwined with um, eugenics. And I think this is um, so important that we are this, now discussing thanks to Britney and, and, and her bravery to speak openly about this, um, about this because forcing someone to be permanently or temporarily, in her case, sterilized against their will is uh, a violation of basic human rights and bodily autonomy. And obviously, it's, it's textbook definition of eugenics. Um, and the thing is, in the US, because we're talking about um, Britney and, and her cases in the US, but the practice of eugenicism, I don't know if that's a word, but yeah, it sounds yeah. correct enough, um, um, forced sterilization is not a thing of the past. It's not like, oh yeah, when, I don't know, I learned about eugenics from 
um, Hitler in Germany and stuff, but it's it's a thing that having power over like political power over women's bodies is a thing happening now in the US, for example, 1400 women were sterilized in California prisons between 1997 <gasps> and 2010, which is like yesterday. ICE, um, the immigration thing, is allegedly, well, has allegedly sterilized immigrant, w immigrant women that cross the border um, in the detention centers as recently as last year. It, it's something that we should be talking about because it's happening now, not only to Britney, but it's, it's a thing, um, it, it's a thing, literally. Um, and also, not only that, um, a lot of disability rights advocates have come out um, to point while this discussion is happening over the internet, to point out that this issue um, that Britney is facing has been going on a lot longer than, than just now, and they have been fighting for a long time against um, this coercion dressed up as care, um, mm. which is what is happening, not like they said, not only to Britney, but to um, a lot of people that are under the same circumstances but don't happen to be under the spotlight. Someone tweeted, just a reminder that Britney is the highest profile example of this, but this is fundamentally a disability rights issue. There are more than a, more than a million people under conservation ships in the US. And, and imagine if Britney is having a hard time, imagine if you're just some random or maybe a lower yeah. class person that it's it's even worse in your case. So it's it's good that we that it's something that we're talking about finally. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Mar, but I mean, recently, I think we mentioned, no, there was this movie uh, with Rosamund Pike, I can't remember the title, where the, the whole movie is about how she's a kind of a lawyer who takes over, cons she takes conservatorship over, she's a con artist, and she takes old people, uh, old people who get diagnosed because she's in cohorts with a psychologist, uh, they get diagnosed as uh, incapacitated, that they're not able to take care of themselves or handle their own estates. And her con is that she takes over their you know, responsibility and then she sells their houses, she puts them in homes and stuff like that. And apparently... This is something that happens. It's not a movie. This happens quite frequently in, in places like the United States. It's a terrifying thought. I mean, it's terrifying enough to think that someone as economically powerful and influential as Britney Spears can't have control over her. You know, she has to, she's been forced to live with nurses and doctors who supervise her, who, who don't, she has to check if she wants to go out to buy groceries and they're like, no, 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 you stay inside, we'll go and shop for you. And It's like, if that can happen to her, imagine when I'm an old person and can barely take care of myself, obviously... You know, it, it tends to happen to people who have a lot of money, mainly. You know, if you're, if you're some desgraciado, <laughs> no one's going to bother with your conservatorship. But it's it's a very scary thought. It's it's good that a lot of light is being shone on this, on this aspect. And it's also scary and shitty to think that, you know, her own family, you know, what about mm -hmm. her mother? Where's her mother in all of this? I, I think I, I, hmm? her whole family plays a role in what is happening to her. She literally said um, she wants to sue her family and that it's not right what they're doing to her. So she didn't, ex she said a lot about her father, but then by the end she said she wants to sue her family. Like even and her so little sister, Jamie Lynn. <laughs> is, yeah, I don't mean to laugh, it's, but it's like, damn, you can't even not. trust the little sister. Yeah, but the sister people were attacking her like, um, what? 
I don't know how can you possibly do that to your own sister and she said she she has allegedly according to her Instagram stories she's helping her get out somehow or giving her support even though she's not publicly mm, voting post on hashtag free Britney mm. she is allegedly on her side but we don't know the thing is going back to the theme of of disability rights um, and stuff like that we don't know exactly um, about Britney's physical and mental condition, to which extent she is disabled or not. Many people have questioned if, if she is really incapacitated because we have seen her go on tour, produce albums, have the Vegas, Las Vegas residency mm. and have like 250 shows. So people are like, and that was still under the conservation ship, conservatorship, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, name is and and she talks so eloquently during the if you listen to the tapes she is very eloquent when she speaks about her case in court and and what has she faced in during these 13 years so people are questioning if she really is disabled or is just the the father mm, taking control over her over nothing but the thing is um implying that she only deserves um, her rights back, uh, her basic human rights back, because her struggle with mental health is only a thing of the past, is problematic. Like, Regardless um, of if Britney is disabled, or she is indeed disabled and, and needs some sort of, of assistance, um, as court determined years ago, that's still not reason enough to strip someone else's civil rights away. Like. Um, People who are actually disabled, people who who maybe have some sort of autism or mm. or bodily malfunction, they do deserve uh, civil rights and, and human rights as well. Like that's that's the issue here. Like no person, regardless of a medical or psychiatric diagnosis, deserves their autonomy to be stolen from them. And and the American Civil Rights Liberty Union. Um, all did like a huge fraud regarding the situation and has allowed to provide this voluntary and, and then and all people, people with abilities have a right to like that direct of life. Like that that you have been born with a condition that doesn't make you completely able doesn't mean you for some reason are taking away your rights. And Britney may need ongoing support um even if her conservation ship ends. She has never denied that. She has never to try to fight that. But that doesn't mean diminish her right to her own autonomy, to live her own life. And and I think here's um, the important stuff that has resurfaced, not resurfaced, but that has put light into things that we should be talking about. Maybe people who are not used to like us um, to think about disability rights and things like that, because it's not part of our lives and mm. it's not something that you think about every day but uh, stuff like this that maybe people say oh we're only talking about this because um a celebrity is going through it but mm. people have been going through it for a lot longer than just now that britney came out and talked about it but uh, in my case uh, i think it's really useful that and um, through pop culture or through celebrities i i come across these these issues that that make me question how how, how I stand in this stuff mm. that and how my privilege has allowed me to never thought about the intersection in disability rights issues and reprodu reproduction rights issues and ableism and all this stuff and 
and now I'm thinking about it and now I'm 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 actually want wanna learn more about like I, I wanna question what I thought before even questioning it. Like I don't know. I think it's it's good that we're talking about it and, and I not that I'm saying that it's good that Britney's in this position, but okay. out of a horrible situation I think it's good that new debates are being open and and new stuff that we didn't even bother to question like what the heck is a conservation ship and and why there's so many people under it and and why something that should be a last source to use is so common or much more common than it should be and and i don't know i'm 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 happy that through something that people sometimes diminish as pop culture actually can do a lot of good stuff as we have seen many 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 times well, thank you, Mara. We're, we're, we're tight on time, so th thank you for bringing this, this case again because it is interesting. My conclusion is be poor. No one gives a f, f, f about you. <laughs> That's not a conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, a it's a serious issue. It's a serious issue. But it, it seems to only happen to people who have uh, a lot of money in their bank accounts and then there's all these people who are like trying to take control of their assets but and even stuff. even if you're poor, you might be stuck in an abusive um, conservation ship and then you don't have the sources to, to go to court oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So even if you're rich and you're poor, you might be in abusive situations that are very very difficult to escape yeah 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 definitely definitely I mean, being poor doesn't doesn't, <laughs> doesn't save you from anything it, it only makes things <laughs> worse sorry uh anyway this is britney spears me against the music with the justice remix featuring madonna <laughs> This week I'd like to shed some light on another extremely talented musician who makes the kind of music that can soundtrack a misty Nordic forest in winter. Her name is Kristen Hater, but she performs under the moniker Lingua Ignota. Who will fuck you if I this classically trained multi-instrumentalist began singing in church choirs since one of her teachers recognized her natural vibra vibrato at the at 8 8 even though she became an atheist her interest in roman catholic iconography grew which explains the ecclesiastic vibes in a lot of her music which sounds very ceremonial as well as cathartic her name is a rough translation of unknown language in latin which she chose in relation to the concept of God speaking an ecstatic language through the body. She started uploading what she refers to as her survivor anthems online with little hope of them getting much attention. Fortunately, a buzz started spreading throughout the internet, catching the attention of Chris Bruni, head of Canadian extreme metal label Profound Lore, who signed her and re-released her independently uploaded album All Bitches Die and eventually her third album Caligula. 
Speaking about what convinced her to saddle with the label, she states that they were the only one who encouraged her to remain uncompromising and brutal when others had suggested she tone, tone it down in various capacities. Due to harsh experiences dealing with abusive relationships, a lot of her music expresses her rage and pathos having come out stronger from them. Her performances are known to be physical, energetic and expressionistic exorcisms, mixing projections of violent, beautiful and biblical imagery. Definitely a promise of something unique and uncomfortably, uncomfortably spectacular to witness at next year's Primavera Sound 2022 lineup. This was the weekly, another episode of the weekly review. Are it, you into Ligma Ignata Ben? I, I am now. Jeez, I can't wait for it. It's right. going to be amazing. It's good. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of stuff that sends chills down your spine. You know, I can imagine it. It's, uh, hopefully, if it's in the auditorium. That was another week episode of the Weekly Review. Thank you, Mar, for being so patient on the other end of the, of the <laughs> Zoom line. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you, David Camilleri, for manning the controls. And we say goodbye with a bit more of Lingua Ignota. Stop.